Welcome to My Aunt is a Nun, in honor of the Sisters of St. Joseph of Peace, with the mission of peace through justice for 135 years. My name is Megan Bell, and my aunt is a Catholic nun. This podcast is my attempt to honor my aunt and the many women in her community. I grew up visiting my aunt, and I remember many summers at the convent where I ran the halls, swam in the lake, and played cards with the sisters. 20 years later, my two young boys run those same halls. The number of sisters is diminishing due to age and health, and every time we visit, the pews are less full, the dining room more empty, and the halls quieter. Having grown up with and around the sisters, they offer more than just prayers. They are steeped in wisdom and impart powerful lessons for the present moment, for whoever you are. These women are all nuns but there are also Zen masters, poets, educators, professionals, and humanitarians. Here are my conversations with each of them. Stories that will enlighten, encourage, and guide you and explore everything from anxiety to intimacy, prayer to politics, and poverty to justice. Sister Kathleen Pruitt says that every day she grapples with the question, who am I? To the sisters in her community, she is a Zen teacher and a football fan, with season tickets to the Seattle Symphony, and she loves poetry and crime novels. She's an activist who fights for social justice and equality. She travels with a purpose and is a mountain climber who summited Mount Baker and led wilderness retreats in the Canadian Okanagan Mountains. Her magical moments came when she witnessed the absolute wonder and awe of creation in nature and the birth of a child. She believes that down to the core, we are all good and we are all human with all of the emotion and frustrations, even the best of us. You know, I believe Jesus had bad hair days. (laughs) My image of him is on those bad hair days, I would have a hunch he went to Bethany and he knocked on the curtain of Martha and Mary's door and Lazarus and said, this has been a terrible day. Do you have a good beer? Sister Kathleen Pruitt had an early curiosity and attraction that led her to religious life at age 19. She served as a high school history teacher and as a social worker who, in the 1960s, coordinated, or mothered as she calls it, King County's co-ed drug rehabilitation program. She held many prestigious leadership roles as part of her ministry at Sisters of St. Joseph of Peace, including as a vice president at Pox Christi International, and currently leads a weekly contemplative meditation session at the Peace and Spirituality Center. Contemplative meditation allows for reflection on ourselves, our role in the world, and how we affect others. What I say affects the whole universe. Be careful the words you choose. (laughs) Wise. Be careful how you say what you say. In today's episode, we discuss living in community, the similarities in Eastern and Western philosophies, and the power of not knowing. As we sit down for tea, my thoughts are also on who am I? We meet in her communal home next to St. Therese Parish, the very church where I had my first communion, and the home where I learned the Our Father with my aunt. We talk over tea. Sister Kathleen is thoughtful when she speaks, 
And when she pauses, she absentmindedly rubs the rim of her teacup. So the experience of I don't know wiped away all kinds of stuff. And it's okay to say, I don't know. Unless your aunt is a nun, not much is known about living in a religious community. And there are many misconceptions. Community is something I celebrate. Yet I know that living in community, regardless of size, two or many, is not easy. So I wanted to know how Sister Kathleen embraces community. I want to say it's probably got similarities to a marriage. Sister Hildegard used to say to us always, community is like sandpaper. It'll rub the rough edges off of you. <laughs> and it does. When Sister Kathleen joined the religious community as a young woman, the new sisters did not get to choose who they lived with. I uh, were just sort of sent. And obviously, like everybody else, we're individual personalities with our own traits and our own habits. And part of community is how do you blend those rather than make them rough and stony. And some of us do that well, and some of us don't. And so it's uh, community is, uh, is a testing ground for awareness. It is a testing ground for letting go of, of some of my own wishes and desires. It's a blending of gifts. Uh, it's a recognition of difference uh, and yet an honoring of that individuality and yet bringing together. I think it's a place of grace and a place of challenge. I mean, personalities clash and sometimes people are not as nice to each other as they could be. We make efforts at reconciliation. It's a powerful challenge. Religious women are raised in community and live their lives nurturing relationships. As Sister Kathleen points out, human relationships are risky and complex. I think it is the willingness to be vulnerable with another and the willingness to see that as, yes, risky, but also the ability then to let love be the arbiter of our interrelationship. Um, and I think, you know, if we are in our lifetime privileged with three, four relationships, two, maybe even one, that where you truly can say that, that there is a kinship of soul, there is a kinship of, of you know, that, that relational kinship, we're blessed, you know, truly blessed. The nuns often have to remind themselves that they must practice living with greater empathy and understanding. A reminder because even though they are holy, they are also human. They are, just like the rest of us, full of emotion and not void of feeling. The other thing that I deeply believe, Megan, is holiness is not reserved. Every person is already holy. Already. I mean, if, if as we believe, the Spirit of God resides in this temple. How can we say we're not holy? We just don't recognize it. And it's peeling away those pieces to say, oh, wow. I believe Jesus had bad hair days. <laughs> and I, you know, my image of, of, of him is on those bad hair days, I would have a hunch he went to Bethany and he knocked on the curtain of Martha and Mary's door 
and Lazarus and says, this has been a terrible day. Do you have a good beer? The Buddhists have a wonderful saying. They said, you never really break a vow. You tarnish it and you spend your whole lifetime polishing the tarnish. You polish the tarnish, <laughs> which is a much better image of the human reality. Much of our conversation is about patience and grace. Contemplative prayer and meditation are cornerstones in Sister Kathleen's life. Both embrace stillness and silence. I wanted to learn from her how to accept both the beauty and the ugliness in life. It's a practice of awareness. When you feel that feeling, which is not final, there's a wonderful poem that I think you'd really love. It's Rainer Maria Rilke. And God speaks to each of us as God makes us. And in that poem, he says, let everything happen to you, both beauty and terror. Just keep going, for no feeling is final. Sister Kathleen leads us into a prayer. Let's just take a moment of quiet. Spirit of God, you move freely throughout all of creation, within and through us, within and through all created universe. Help us to be open and free in our response to your leading and free enough in our own selves that you feel free to do what you will. Amen. Amen. Why is it so hard to be still in prayer for some people? I don't know, Megan. I don't know. I, I find that interesting as well. <laughs> I, I, it is a hard practice for me, sitting and being still in prayer. You know, I've done a um, meditation practice probably since I was in high school. So the, the prayer of silence is one that has been and is very important to me. But I also recognize that for some, walking makes sense. I think one of the hardest things is settling into the discipline of that, that inner contemplative prayer that requires a dropping away of thought. And that is really hard because our minds are like monkeys. They're all over the trees. And the minute you get quiet, the mind says, aha, aha, this is my time. <laughs> it goes into operation speed. <laughs> and uh, the discipline of, of letting those thoughts come and go, dropping away, is, is a discipline. It's a discipline that leads us to that inner silence. The Spirit of God knows us better than we know ourselves. <laughs> And so how do we make space and time within ourselves for us to hear 
that still small voice that, that leads and guides and pushes and invites. Uh, and that's a hard thing to do. Sister Kathleen followed a lifelong interest in Eastern philosophy and spent over 20 years training to be a Zen teacher. It is a long process to learn Zen meditation, as it is a practice of sitting in silence for hours. Retreats are filled with sessions called Soto sessions, and they can be up to eight hours a day on a strict schedule. Not always easy for a Westerner, especially when trying to answer a live question. And there, there's a koan in Zen that <laughs> it says, what is your, your original face before you were born? Hmm. Now, during a Zen session, you may get three or four times with the teacher a day, but that's only for, you know, maybe three, four, five minutes. So it's not a counseling session. You go in and you identify what the practice is. My, my, the koan I'm working on is, what is your original face? And then you demonstrate. You have to demonstrate. Well, I went in, and in good old Western theological fashion, I began, boom, blah, 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 and the bell would ring, and I'd be out on my... <laughs> Four times a day, at least five days of that session, I went in with the same koan. Ring, and I'd be out, ring, and I'd... <laughs> Finally, I, I'll never forget, I went in, I broke down in tears, and I said, I don't know. And Joan looked at me and said, isn't that wonderful? And basically, it was like an iconoclast situation where all the images of God went poof. And I can honestly say, I don't know God. I have never seen God. But I believe that that creative, self-giving energy is mm -hmm. present. So... I, I can know, intellectually know Jesus the man. Intellectually, I cannot grasp God, mm -hmm. but I can experientially. So the experience of I don't know wiped away all kinds of stuff. I really did say to her, I said, why didn't you tell me that? She said, because you, you had, to, had to experience it, not figure it out, mm -hmm. experience, experience it. You had to experience the emptiness of not knowing, of not knowing, and to be okay with that. Mm -hmm. I said, sure as hell took a long time. <laughs> I was surprised to meet a Catholic nun who is a Zen master, but it is not an uncommon practice across Eastern and Western philosophies. Many monks who teach Zen open their teachings to Westerners and particularly priests and nuns. So, you know, there are a number of priests who are Zen masters, uh -huh. Zen teachers. Um, and he said, you know, you don't have to be Buddhist to practice Zen. It makes you better what you are. There are lots of similarities in, in the practice of Zen to, to Christian contemplative practice. Tell me more about that. I think the starting point is different. You know, the Buddhist and the Zen practitioner, uh, Zen in its true form, would not posit a god but they don't deny a God either, okay? Uh, their sense of enlightenment would be comparable in understanding, different in approach, 
to the mystical experiences of Teresa of Avila or that inner sense of, of unity with the universe, uni unity with God. Mm -hmm. Okay, mm -hmm. Enlightenment is that recognition of who we actually are. Aha! You know, I am the Buddha. Mm -hmm. I am. And for us, it is the aha of I am one with God. I am not separate from this universe. I am you and you are me. Mm -hmm. And what old Chief Seattle said so wisely, what you do to the earth, you do to yourself. yourself. And so while the entry points are different and the philosophies and the dogmas or the scriptures are different, the end point of the practice really comes to the same place. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Who am I? Right. So much of the sitting in Zen is that question, who sits here? Like meditation, silent prayer is a form of contemplation. For Sister Kathleen, prayer is an action, a preparation for social justice. As Kathleen worked toward understanding Zen, her teacher challenged her to understand the importance of reflection and contemplation. She looked at me and she said, do you really believe do you? And I'll never forget, it was almost like she was <laughs> looking right through me, which she could do. Do you really believe that contemplation is an act of social justice? And uh, that question, you know, I looked at her and I thought, uh. <laughs> and I left the room. I, I couldn't answer. And I came back probably two or three days later. And I said, well, I think I do. And it, it's, you know, it's that sense of our constitutions mm -hmm. say prayer leads us to action and action leads us to prayer. Mm -hmm. Well, if in contemplative silence, I really, really, truly believe that that transformation takes place where that sense of unity with and, and oneness, in Zen they would say beyond one, with everything, whether it's the plant on the deck or the tree in the, in the forest or the person sitting across from me, I'm not separate. And so if that transformation is real, then what I do affects the whole universe. Mm -hmm. What I say affects the whole universe. And, you know, Hildegard used to say that to us. Once the word is out of your mouth, it's in the environment. Be careful the words you choose. <laughs> Be careful how you say what you say. And so if that's true, and the butterfly, the scientific thing of the butterfly's wings moving the atmosphere of the universe, would it not be so with us who really carry within us the spirit of the living God? Who am I? Like Kathleen, I struggle with the question of who am I? I'm a mother, a professional, a wife, a sister, a friend. However, I understand this as what I do, but not who I am. And that's the illusion we live under. You know, if we go back to the Christian scriptures, uh, we are told over and over and over again, but we don't process that. You know, Jesus says in scripture, I am one with the Father. You are one with me. One. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. not separate from, mm -hmm. but one, mm -hmm. in the God whom we believe. Mm -hmm. So the question, who am I, is a life question. It really and it's is. okay not to know, right? It's absolutely okay not to know. God is bigger than, but I am part of that bigger than. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it, it's a mystery that you can't mm -hmm. unpack and identify and, you know, but it's real. Mm -hmm. And, it, you know, the only name, Megan, the only name that fits God for me is love. It's absolutely the only name that fits. Thank you for joining in on my conversation with Sister Kathleen Pruitt. Her insights help me to realize that I have the rest of my life to answer the question, who am I? And I will continue to work on my journey through self-reflection and my own stillness and accepting that I am enough and that we will be truly blessed when we spend more time finding the intimacy in our relationships. Perhaps most importantly on the days when my patience is tested, my faith is questioned, I will remember that even Jesus had bad hair days. Please join us on our next episode when we speak to Sister Susan DeWitt, who after a long journey of seeking, found safety in her sister community. When we all shuttered ourselves at home, Sister Kathleen's weekly contemplative prayer and meditation went virtual, which of course came with beautiful messages. We are in uncertain times, Yet in the midst of it all, the small, silent space calls to center, to live into a mystery, so, so much beyond our intellectual understanding, to know in the unknowing that we are touching each other as one, with all, not separate. When one suffers, so do I. When one is disrespectful, so am I. When one is hungry, thirsty, without home or clothing, so am I. Thank you for touching the universe in unimaginable ways. Let us hold each other in that embrace. You may not have an aunt who is a nun, but you now have a nun in your pocket. This podcast was produced by Megan Bell and Carrie Watson. Sound design, musical curation, and additional editing by Charlie Spears. Theme music by William Stover. <laughs>